When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Real quick, without putting any thought at all into this, what would be your single greatest concern about any hockey team that's getting up there in age? Yeah, I thought so. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. But effective tomorrow, there will be actual hockey transpiring in Cranberry. Not the main guys, but rookie camp. Five days of it will begin. One of those five days will see the kids make a trip to Buffalo as part of a rather unusually structured prospects tournament this year. They'll be facing Boston's prospects in a single game and then coming back. It's it's hockey, okay? We're not in a position to complain about anything at all that's hockey. You know, we might not be in that great of a position to complain about what's probably going to end up being the number one complaint if I had to predict over the course of the coming winter, every time this team loses, every time this team looks bad or flat or a little bit lifeless or even just off in the execution, the one thing you're going to hear relentlessly is, hung on to the core too long. They're too old. And you know what? If that actually is what happens, if that's actually the cause of the Penguins' downfall, I can commit to you right now that I'll call it that way. I'll say, hey, this looks like it's an age issue. This looks like this team's starting to slide downward. I did that, if you'll recall, regarding Jeff Carter's play over the final two months of the season and into the playoffs, where it wasn't until the very last couple of games against the Rangers when things got super, super desperate that Carter started looking like at least like he could still play in the NHL. I'll repeat, I'd like to believe he was nursing some sort of nagging injury. I look forward to having yet another chance to ask him about that in the coming weeks. But to presume that everything that'll go wrong with this team will be related to they kept the core together would also presume what? Exactly the thing you answered right after I asked it in the intro, and that would be that the team is getting slower. 
The problem with that is that the two concepts don't really connect at all because this team, this roster, as it is currently constituted, is still going to be very fast and I believe among the fastest in the Eastern Conference. Want to go through the names? We can do that. Let's just rip right through them and you tell me which one of them you feel will be the one who slows down this roster. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Ready? Here we go. Forward line. Sidney Crosby is still very, very fast. Anybody care to debate that? No. Okay, let's move on. Jake Gensel over on the left wing. Never really relied much on his speed. Never will have to. As Ron Francis once famously said, I can't lose a step because I don't have a step to lose. Jake's not slow, but Jake's not fast. Brian Rust is on the right wing. Brian Rust remains one of the fastest skaters in the entire NHL. I know people locally might not think of him that way, but it's true. The second line, and a lot of this is now depending on how these things shake out, Evgeny Malkin, when he gets that churn going, the one that I talked about on yesterday's episode, he can really, really freaking move. Still, ask the Rangers about that. Ask how that went in that playoff round when they were trying to keep up with him, particularly once he had it rolling through the neutral zone. I've now mentioned two, by the way, of the three core members who will get blamed for everything. Kasperi Kapanen, for whatever else you might think of him, is even, and this is just by a little, little bit, faster than Brian Rust. Maybe that even depends on the day and what kind of mood they wake up in. They're really, really close, but Kapanen's just a little bit faster. Jim Rutherford once told me that, and I'd like to think Rutherford was basing that on more than just his eyesight. But even if it was just that, I'd trust it. Danton Heinen, not a super fast skater, but he certainly gets where he needs to go. And there's some hop there. Jason Zucker can just flat out fly. I don't think, again, anyone would dispute that. Ricard Raquel, great wheels. When we keep going, okay, Carter has been, for the better part of his career, one of the stronger skaters anywhere in the world. Now, has he lost a little bit? Yeah, dude's in his upper 30s. Did he lose a lot over the last couple of months of last season? Again, yes. But when he's just normal Jeff Carter, he can really, really move. Who else are we looking at here? Where is this team going to slow down up front? You see where I'm going here? No matter how you break it down, and when you're getting to the third and fourth lines, yes, you want to have speed. You'd love to have guys, you know, producing as well. But what you really want is to have a team that can play at the pace that Mike Sullivan wants, in particular as it relates to his four checkers. A really good example here is Drew O'Connor because O'Connor isn't going to beat, you know, these other guys that I've mentioned in a foot race. But when he gets that big body and that momentum going, he is one heck of a four-checker. He'll go into that zone, and he'll just engulf dudes. That's what you need the speed for. 
particularly on those bottom two lines. And going to the defense, I mean, Chris Letang, I, I believe Chris Letang is going to be skating the way he does now when he's 65 because I can't even picture anything remotely resembling him slowing down. If that sounds like wishful thinking to you, so be it. Feel free to offer a counter to that. I don't believe that you can. Jeff Petrie, newly acquired, has some serious wheels on him. He is in his mid-30s, but he still has his skating as his greatest strength. So you're not bringing the team down. Is he the skater that Mike Matheson is right now? I mean, I don't know that anybody is. Matheson's a complete freak. But it won't be Petrie's age making the team slower. The rest of the D, without going through every single name, isn't the league's most mobile, but it's also not the league's least. I think it's somewhere in the middle. And regardless of how that breaks down, the two guys whose names I just gave you are the only ones who are up there in age, Latang and Petrie. And to repeat, they can really, really move. It's still going to be a fast hockey team. Everyone will have to eventually find another reason to explain anything that goes wrong. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Ryan Kokenauer. asks, hey DK, what are the chances that any of the young prospects who've gotten no real meaningful or extended time with the big club, that they make any sort of impact this year. I know you've talked at length about Valtteri Pustinen, but is there any chance that someone like Philip Hollander or Radim Zahorna can carve out a steady bottom six role? It's not going to be easy. And I'm not even saying that in the cynical, oh, Mike Sullivan hates all the kids way. I'm saying that as in, look at the roster. You heard how deep I was counting in that last segment. Well, if you really parsed it, I've got Kapanen on a third line with Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen. So if your fourth line's already got Teddy Bluger on it, and it absolutely will, you're really running out of room here. Brock McGinn is going to play on this hockey team, so we're probably talking about one forward spot unless moves are made of some kind. Uh, that could be O'Connor. That could be Pustinen, it could be, I, I don't, I, I mean, I think it's going to be O'Connor, but it also, uh, don't rule out Ryan Paling, the forward who came from the Canadiens additionally in the Petrie trade. They really like him and they actually kind of should. Former first round pick who can do a lot of good things. But when you're talking about Pustinen as a Horna, you threw in Hollander too, and that's a fair one. Sullivan was really happy with his two-way play. They consider him to be really reliable and responsible, which is obviously a nice trait to have on the bottom six. You're talking about a, a real battle here, or you're talking about guys getting injured, which does happen. So I'm not about to predict that a whole bunch of kids are going to make this roster. But here's the point that I really feel is is worth pounding on this front. There's nothing, nothing, nothing stopping any of these kids 
And that can include Sam Poulin, who I talked about earlier in the week, Nathan Legere, uh, the ones that we've been keeping an eye on for a while now. There's nothing stopping any of them from just coming into camp and just flooring everybody. It doesn't even have to be some sudden uh, dramatic increase in, let's say, speed or strength or whatever the case would be. And those are things that you can work on in the offseason. You can't get bigger. You can't get more skilled. I guess you can get more skilled. I take that back. Brian Russ did it. You you practice uh, skill-type techniques. So you can get that, too. There's nothing stopping any of them, Ryan, from coming in and just 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 bulldozing their way onto the lineup. You know, there's there's nothing stopping anyone from doing that. I I keep citing John Marino as the example. Marino comes into camp. He made the team basically in the first week of camp, and he'd never played professionally before, and he was a, a guy they just picked up in a summer trade that nobody noticed for a sixth-round pick to Edmonton. And he showed up, and he was just like, whoa. And if there had been such a thing as daily shot of Penguins back then, and we were talking about, you know, which prospects might make the team, John Marino, his name never would have come up. They never would have listed him if I'd gone 20 deep on the defensive roster. But he showed up and just wowed everybody. If you want to make this team, come in and do that. I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to presume. Now, Conversely, you would also like the coach and the management to be open to that. Let's say someone comes in and outperforms McGinn, just to, to throw that out there. I mean, McGinn had a kind of a blah second half last season, and of course he made the big mistake there in Game 7. Let's just say he continues to not look anything like he did in the first half of last season. Well... You know, be open-minded. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. Man.